Sorry, do you have a napkin? There's a spider on my on my uh, mic. Our boy doesn't. Our boy. <laughs> Check this out. My name is Rob Tate from the band Hambone Relay. Speaking of Hambone Relay, once again, my name is Rob. I play drums. And over there on the computers running the board is Mark Brown. He plays Gorgon. Hey. And we have a wonderful, wonderful show for you today. We got the fantastic Groove Merchants hailing all the way from Kutztown, now a Philadelphia band where they mix an amalgamation of rock and blues and singing in your face until you can't take anymore. But just kidding. You have to take it because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going. We're yeah, this it. is it. But I wanted to I talk to you guys. Feeling. You're on the podcast because I wanted to talk to you guys about your record. <laughs> your brand new record called The Throne oh. is well. The first wave is out, from what I understand and what I, what I've listened to. Um, it's the first four tracks off the record. Actually, is I meant to ask this. Is it the first four chronological tracks on the record? Like one, two, three, four. Like, tr- like on the record, like track wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. Um, the short answer is no. Okay. It's like, a long answer. We sequenced we sequenced the we sequenced the EP. Like we sequenced wave one. Right. But when we put the whole album out, we don't know what that sequencing is gonna look like yet. Okay, well that's fair. I mean you got yeah. time too. This is you only released the uh, the the four digital, right? You don't have a physical copy of we have, the EP, we have, do you? We, we, do. we have a physical copy of wave one. Okay. And then wave two is gonna be all digital. And then, obviously, we'll have physical copies of, like, the whole album. Any particular reason that you're not going physical on the second round? Yeah, we just thought, um, you know, we had the release show at Bourbon and Branch. Right. And so we kind of wanted to have, like, uh, you know, something that everybody at that show could kind of have in their hand and, like, to, you know. How was that release show, by the way? It was awesome. It was good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Some people showed up and... Bourbon Branch is always great if there's people there. Yeah. It's a, it's <laughs> right. a nice venue, right. but you know, if there's no one there, there's really nobody there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we had people come out, and it was fun, and it was I very felt cool. pretty good about it. It was a set. cool, like, uh, it was a cool moment for us because we had played at Bourbon and Branch like two or three times before that, and with the exception of one time where we were on a bill with a couple other local guys that kind of saved the day. Um, like, one time in, in particular, it was literally just like, us like we oh, like we they like kind of you know they always blow it up like because it's like new guys are like oh we'll give you the the headline slot or whatever and it was like on a Sunday in June and mm-hmm. like we hit it like ten it was on Father's Day yeah it was on oh, Father's geez. Day and there was this band coming through from New York that <clears throat> had like the nine o'clock slot so everybody came for them mm-hmm. and then skated and so we were playing to literally like two of our friends and like the bartender and then thankfully that band was nice enough to stay. They were great too. Yeah, who they were awesome. that? It's called uh, the, Rooks. the Rooks. The Rooks. Yeah, they're out of, they're out of New York. That's cool. Like yeah. New York City or just uh, like upstate New York? Like, they're I think they're a Wesleyan band, like the Wesleyan University. That's cool, scene. man. Yeah. And then you, you, your two friends, and then the band that were there. Um, here's my well. We had a similar situation. We played with the band called was it Tyrannosaurus Rex? The name of the band. They were from uh, Syracuse, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, and they were they were cool, man. But like. Three people. We had three yeah, people yeah. there, and it, it was like I don't remember what d- day of the week it hey, was. Sorry, I had a mouthful of almonds. It was actually Gigantosaurus Rex. Gigantosaurus <laughs> Rex, and uh, it was a Tuesday. Yeah, so 
similar situation, but like we had, I had four people because they were looking for a band for their wedding and they were there to like see us, but then mm-hmm. that, that never worked out. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, so like. <laughs> they said, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it seems like nobody really likes these it. guys. We're a hard pass. No, that's even worse if someone's yeah. scouting you for. Oh God! It wasn't be... like a like a manager situation. That would have been way worse. Can you imagine like a manager coming to a show just like not telling you, just showing up and go? Oh, oh like a prospective manager? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. somebody who's like mm-hmm. looking to see like you as a client, yeah. and just like you have four people there, and they went and talked to those four people, like, <laughs> oh, they might pay a wedding. <laughs> I don't know now. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> Everybody's been there. It builds character. But yeah, it was cool. So we we'll had, call it. We'll call it. So that. we had like it that. is though. It does. And then we had like over a hundred people in the room for the release show. So it was a cool like you know here's where we were and here's like kind of where we are now. That's really cool. Yeah, so I know that fun. Kirby was, was on the show, right? Kirby and the Vibe Tribe playing like their last show pretty much ever. So that was that was. What do cool. you mean? Uh, they're just like you know it was like the last Vibe Tribe show. Oh, I'm I'm following now. Yeah, okay. and now he's he's getting into more of like his solo stuff, and he's playing with um, Mo Lada and the Humble, and he does stuff with Ali Wan here and there. He was just on the podcast. I saw and we that, talked yeah. about this. Um, but he he's uh, a Kutztown he's a Kutztown homeboy. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, we did talk about that before. Yeah. Um, but you guys are all from Kutztown, pretty much, right? All students there. All students yeah. from Kutztown. So that's yeah. how we that's how we connected with him. <clears throat> That's how we connected with the other guy who was on the release show, Tim Strotter, mm-hmm. uh, Petite Sketches. Um, and we were going to have our other Kutztown boy, Chris Bergholder, on. And he had, to, he had to drop out for some family stuff. So we had Tim in and said, and uh, obviously everybody in the band uh, is from Kutztown as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so it was like a giant reunion. It was. They, yeah, it was college. Yeah. And actually our first gig we ever played as the Groove Merchants at Kutztown in like a little art studio thing. Kirby played on it. Um, this is the show that you guys, this is the first full Groove Merchant show with all, I guess technically then it would have been four, right? Yeah. Because it would have been yeah, Anthony, yeah. you two, and John Evan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was us four, but then Kirby was there with another band he had at the time, but Peter was actually the drummer in that band. So even though Peter wasn't playing with us, he was still kind of like involved in the show in some way, shape, or form. So it was cool to then at the release show have like... Um, you're excused. Have uh, all those guys kind of back, like playing music together, like right. You're all in the same room, but it's kind of like a full circle, kind of like a full circle thing. Yeah, yeah I kind of like that. It, it was, was very like cool. Six it was very or seven cool. years later, yeah. right? And you guys also long. posted a photo. I guess whoever runs your Instagram posted a photo of Peter, and he was like, I guess shaved head or something like that. Was he playing with you guys at that point? I don't. Know. Years I got ago? like a text today. I don't know how. I think somebody like because I run the Instagram, and I didn't post that. So maybe I think somebody like commented on. Oh, it. actually, I did that today. Oh, did you? Well, because I was doing this like uh, EPK stuff, and I was looking for photos on our Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, awesome. images and stuff to use. And I, I saw this one of Peter playing with us like six years ago or something like that. Yeah, a ridiculous you know we look on his face. We were playing a show, and, I, and he, I think he was like a freshman at Kutztown at the time, a freshman or a sophomore, and he because he doesn't he doesn't have a shaved head, but he has like a. Crew cut. So now right. he has like the real long Eddie Money hair. Yeah, he yeah. does. That he so, does. But in this picture, he has like a crew cut, and he was sitting in with us at the show, and that was the first time he had ever played drums with the Groove Merchants, quote unquote. Was just sitting in, but the the face he's making as the music moves him <laughs> in that particular photo is very 
It's very humorous. <laughs> and all I did was like it. I didn't do anything else. So I guess it must that have just popped up. Volume but that when you algorithm. like it, after you know, if it's an old, it like comes back into the. But then Peter commented oh. on it. Again uh, today. Take this up. Yeah. That's how I saw it then. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Peter, people that don't know if they haven't caught on, Peter's their new drummer. Uh, but the show that they were speaking about, the art gallery had Anthony, their old drummer, on the. Uh, on that gig you guys have a ton of drummers in your bands you both play anthony pete it, at least four well there is four maybe even more i don't know who else plays does john even play drums maybe, yeah well, i don't maybe, know if i'd consider myself a drummer maybe in his but... kitchen on the positive i've heard you play that. drums you're <laughs> yeah. a drummer bro it right. says i've read an interview where you said that you sat in on drums on one of the groove merchant shows i did yeah the that one is, rare appearance that yeah, is true yeah do you remember what you played? And a couple in the couple in the garage. Uh, the I'm not sure. It was at the fun house, so it's, so you, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty lit. <laughs> Everybody seemed to be okay afterwards. Yeah. Oh, that one bartender's leaving the uh, the, she, yeah. the fun house. Yeah. Tammy. What was her name? Tammy. Shouts out to shouts out to Tammy if you're listening. Uh, we love you and we miss you. But uh, yeah, so it was her um, her last weekend was this past weekend. So Sunday was like her big uh, her big send off. I was able to be there on Friday. Um, and kind of say uh, say a farewell, but yeah, man, it's a, the end of an era. She was there. I mean, I'm f- like from that area, mm-hmm. so since I was like old enough to drink, I have been going to the fun house, and she has been there since then. So I'm 27 now, so that's like six years. And then since we've been playing at the fun house, which is like five years, she's been there, Dude. and not but not just been there, been like the head bartender and like and, running. It. And not only that, Markle. But I was just gonna say, what? Well, oh played, yeah, I played there ten years, over ten years ago, and she was there, dude. Yeah, oh my yeah, god, with my brother's band. I, yeah, dude. Yeah, she's been there like forever. A stable. Yeah. And the the girl that left, the bartender that left, uh, one or two years ago, uh, Jess was kind of like, yeah, that's the other one okay. with the red hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she was kind of like the head honcho, and then she left, and then Tammy kind of like. Like, it was, like, her and Tammy is, like, you know, okay, running. Cool. And then Jess left, and Tammy kind of, like, took over. And now Tammy is kind of calling it quits and just kind of moving on to, to different things. And I was, I was funny. I was joking with one of the other, the day bartender there, Derek. And I was like, it's funny, man. Like, I was like, you guys are going to have to th- have to hire three girls to replace her. Just as a joke. And he was like, oh, we did. <laughs> He's like, we are, we are three new bartenders. Wow. Yeah, it's insane, man. By the, the way, the best in the business by it, far. It's not a joke, but it's always a little humorous. We talk about it. It's like, you know, we keep getting older, going to the fun house, drinking and drinking, and they stay the same age. Uh-huh. We, say, we say they're vampires. That's, that's our big joke in the band is that they're vampires. Oh, same. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, I mean, that's probably where your boy brought it in from. <laughs> because they live, I know at least, I think Tammy lives upstairs or something, you know. Oh, really? So we're like, she, you know, Tina comes out and she's like, and then they're, I'm sorry if any of you are hearing this. <laughs> Tina, we love you. But, you know, and then they're like, well, all right, it's time to... Time to serve the to, masses. To, <laughs> I, thought were, I thought you were going to say serve the master. Oh, no. That would have been... Oh, no. See, that'll get us kicked off a of podcast. Ah, whatever, whatever you want to call it. The RSS right. speed's like, they're terrible people. Bye. Yeah. But, like, we love the fun house. Uh, we played there with you guys. The first time we ago. met you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're still very thankful yeah, for that's that. that's true. Shouts out to Chris Snyder for putting that bill together, if you're listening. Oh, Chris Hell Snyder. Yeah, Chris. The enforcer. Uh, Chris Snyder also has a uh, he interviews other musicians and uh, he has a couple I guess blogs area where he posts right. He's he's just he's in the ether. He's, if, if he's you're, somewhere. If you're in if you're in the Lehigh Valley, Bethlehem music scene, then you know Chris ooh, Snyder. Ooh, we have to sit down and talk about this. So we were at Music Fest and we got interviewed by Chris, and there's a 
loud ass band or something behind us. Do you remember this? And yes, they oh, had the year. giant 3D <clears throat> camera or whatever it was, like 4K camera, mm-hmm. and we had to like just sit. It's like a giant bulk or something. And then because of all that noise, our interview never made it. Yeah, they yeah. lost the yeah, the funny. data. <laughs> it's him and uh, Clay was his name, right? Yeah. Oh, with so. that like 360 camera. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That thing was cool though. Mm-hmm. It like it gets the whole area, and you can like turn your your phone or whatever. Like yeah. if you're on Facebook or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how much those are. Oh, like run. a remote? Yeah, cool. uh, we asked. Well, I mean, no, no, no. So, like, on your phone, you know how you can do, like, the 360? Like, you can turn turn yeah. your phone and see everything? Mm-hmm. It's one of those jobbies. Yeah. We talked to him about, about filming a show at the Funhouse with that thing. And he was like, uh... Really? Uh, we yeah, were supposed he, to do one, and too. And he was like, he was like, ah, it gets too dark did in there. Did we ever film it? It gets too dark in there. It's not, it's not lit well enough. Weren't yeah. we talking with him? Yeah, we did. We did it. It's, it's, a, it's somewhere online. We you did, filmed uh, the show at the Funhouse? Uh, not the funhouse. Oh, oh. We did a show with him, but I can't. Oh, yeah. People did, have that. It was on stage. Too. It kept shaking. And it was that. It he was did at our, the, uh, an Ardmore set. He did uh, one of our yeah. Ardmore shows. Oh, like yeah. the Funky Brunch. And then he also did our uh, our jazz cabaret stage set. Yeah. For, uh, I remember that. No, kept, I remember Because that was the day of the interview. Mm-hmm. And it kept shaking on the front. <laughs> Every time you hit the, uh, the bass drum, the bass drum was like. <laughs> In that show, it was hyperactive, so it was definitely moving. So, Oops. <laughs> yeah. People have like you can you can find like YouTube clips of like fun house, of like other bands playing at the Funhouse. By the way, how, how many times just, have like, you guys played music fest? This was our fourth <clears throat> year in a row, I mm-hmm. think. Man, that's awesome. Do you guys play the outside stages pretty much? I mean, this year you had like you had the stage, the main stage, which was yeah. amazing. The main like the main. The main like free stage. Yes, it's like the main stage is like the t- that's right. Like, the Earth, Wind, and Fire. And, like, yeah, but you have the the main stage that's we, like free to the public. The biggest the biggest stage, besides the ticketed main stage, is yeah. We played on that one night, the the preview night, and then we did Volkspots, uh, the next night, which is another like you know very popular stage. So yeah, I mean we've been we've been lucky. Like the first year we played uh, on Main Street, and then the second year we played. Uh, at Steel Stacks, but not on Levitt, at this the smaller stage across, across the way, and then uh, you know that stage, mm-hmm. yeah, the Town Square stage it's called, and then the third year we were under one of the tents, uh, but then we actually got rained out, like it started to lightning, so they like cut our set short. Uh, blows, and then uh, yeah, it was it was smoking too, and then this year we had like you said we had the Levitt stage and uh, and the other day, and we actually didn't have. Like, we got the Levitt stage later. We booked the Volksplatz set, and then when they decided they were going to do a preview night, they hit us up, and they were like, do you want to play on Levitt? And I was like, yes. Well, it sounds like you're one of the main bands they call for, like, last-minute opening slots, which is, like, cool. I mean, I guess, yeah. I take it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. You're like, happily. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things where, like, um, you know, they just have such... Like, I think sometimes for us... And maybe even for me specifically, because I'm like from that area, it's easy to like take it, not take it for granted, but you're like, oh yeah, it's music fest, because you're like from you're like from there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and so I think sometimes I, I know I, I don't know if I can speak for the rest of the guys, but I definitely forget like how big of a deal that festival actually is. Like they advertise it over in Europe, and like there was guys like we had friends of ours from Nashville, Johnny Hayes and the Love Seeds, who booked a spot there. And one of the days, and they were like super psyched, and like you know, when you actually look at the whole bill, you know what I mean? Like, 
you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire and Steve Miller are at the top. And then, like, you're also, all, you know, your name is also on there. So it is, I mean, it's the largest free music festival in the country. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, that's a great... Definitely in the country, maybe, maybe even in North America. So, yeah, it's awesome. That's, it's, a, it's, that's a big one. It's okay. crazy that we've been lucky enough to, like, do it the last four years and have had a, a really good... Uh, a really good following come out and hopefully mm-hmm. next year we'll do uh we'll do the same thing yeah that's awesome i know we've done the jazz cabaret stage every other yeah. year for you guys three be, years. you guys should be on an outside we're really stage, hoping so. this year to make a push for an outside yeah. the the jazz cabaret stage is hip though because they get all those people in there and like everybody the one thing is about that stage that's cool though is that because it's like in the movie theaters if you don't know the Jazz Cabaret Stage at Music Fest is uh hosted there, in the movie theaters right there's two movie theaters in and they're right next Center. to each yeah. other yeah so they turn them into stages. Uh, but the one thing that's cool is that because it's in a movie theater, everybody's forced to like be engaged. Because you're looking, you know what I mean? Right. It's like when you're in the tent, you can like, want to or not. <laughs> listen yeah. to me. Yeah. And it's air conditioned. When you're in the tent, yeah, <laughs> yeah true. That is when key. you're in the tent, when you're outside, you can like swig a beer or like go get food and like, you know what I mean? But like in those stages, it's like you go, that's why they put all the jazz people in there. You know what I mean? But because <laughs> no, because yeah, dude, not, we're not, a jazz that's band, not the only bro. reason why. I've seen great, I've seen great jazz. And acts this is when we we uh, kick Tyler out of the the uh, <laughs> podcast. Well, I don't know and, who Tyler uh, is. Or, my sorry, Ty. Excuse Ty, me. not Tyler, bro. Come on. Yeah. Well, he got demoted to Tyler. Well, it's cool. Oh. So, so it's cool talking about all this because that show in the uh, jazz cabaret stage or whatever you sang with us. I did. I sang. Yeah. With Hambone, mm-hmm. and then the last uh, music fest stuff we did, we had Mark mm-hmm. on organ, which was awesome. So it's cool collaborative efforts yeah, it's going cool around and our little family no it's neat man the only problem with that movie theater uh or stage is that it it's so dead there's no like reverb that was they strange. Pump it no in there. yeah 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 the sound guy puts delay on your guitar yeah you gotta put it in the yeah. monitor please That's why, but you guys but not even that like you guys just they're have, great sound men. They're like, you guys just have the he was he was energy. a great oh, yeah, sound great. guy yeah, yeah, but, like, but like you guys have the energy not. to be at one of the outside stages we, that's you know what, what I mean? we want. So we would love to play an outside stage, and yes, technically we're instrumental, but that doesn't automatically put us into jazz. And who cares yeah, about I've genres other, anymore? I've seen other like instrumental or like you know quasi instrumental acts on the on the outdoor stages. They just you know they have a and music fest is, is great, but some you know sometimes they have a tendency when they see like you know jazz in your description, which mm. it is jazz, but it's like organ funk jazz. You know, like we know it's not like straight up jazz but sometimes when they see that they just lump it in and it's okay all the jazz acts go in the in the cabaret stage yeah. but you know you're There's so many bands there yeah, and you yeah right. I mean yeah somehow over, you know it's it's over I think 500 bands it's a lot through 10 days yeah yeah I mean it would be really cool to just stay there for 10 days and be able to just like yeah. Walk around. Talk to Chris Snyder, he'll tell you. Um, yeah, hard pass. People do it. Yo, people, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you. <laughs> people take off work and tell shit, man. It. It's off the rails. And people eat their way through. Like they eat all the food there. You can get a shirt. If you, uh, uh, if you, what do you mean? It's like what is this? Like Epcot, where you eat your way through. Rob's the, like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Eat your way. Look it up. Google eat, eat your way through Music Fest, and there's articles and blogs and stuff. Because there's so many, like there's like there's so many like there's a finite number of vendors. Uh, and so, like, there'll be some vend- like some of the same vendors in different spots of the festival, but there'll be people that will start at one end of the festival and will eat something from every single vendor that's mm-hmm. there. That's ridiculous. Which is insane. That sounds awesome. Are they, like, 400 pounds? Or what? <laughs> I mean, you spread it out over 10 days. Oh, like, yeah. you go to the gym. It's not just one day. There must be, like... like- but yeah, it's, it's like a drink around the world where you can like attempt it. It's but, like, it's like that would be it's a, the fried Oreos, <laughs> the ridiculous fried peanut amount butter of jelly. 
Dude, oh yeah, <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. Have you ever drank around the world at Epcot? I've heard about this. I've never done it. I've, I, you know what is Epcot? Like Can I tell you something? Epcot's I've, the place that. Sorry, is Epcot's the place? The giant white ball. They have like all the little um, countries, like little stations around oh, yeah, this yeah, lake, yeah. and they all have bars at them, and you can. Drink. This is what people pay to do. <laughs> is this what people do? Luke's like, ever, what? Have you ever been? Dude, I, I tried. No, I tried. I passed, you did? I passed out in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't quite make it. Wait, how far How far through it is Ireland? I mean, I don't know. I, I probably I probably had like eight countries. The distance it took him to pass out. So wait, do you, do you, well, do you drink like sake and Japanese yeah, so, restaurants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and e- like each Guinness. area, like you go, to, you go to like Germany and it's like, you know, Pilsner and Lager. And then you go to like That's neat. Ireland That's cool. and it's like Guinness. And, That's cool. Yeah, it, it's yeah. The only one that doesn't have a, a bar is Canada for some reason. Well, they're Canada, so. it, All it would be is Moosehead and Molson, dude. <laughs> uh, what, or Labatt. Don't, yeah. don't yeah. say Labatt. Sorry. <laughs> They serve liquor, like you go to Russia and get some vodka places and... do, yeah. And they have they have like sake, yeah, and vodka, and... specific yep. to each country. You got to drink around the world and mm-hmm. try to make it to the end. They, have, I don't think they have a medal, but they should. <laughs> are all nations represented? <laughs> he said all the yeah, nations we're big. are represented. No, no, are all oh, nations? Oh, oh, nations! I thought he said all nations. <laughs> What are the Is northern the, Asia representatives? We're big on, cares. We're big on inclus- inclusiveness. <laughs> I will only go if all the Asians are represented. <laughs> oh, Jesus uh, Christ. No words. Um, well, anyway. Speaking yeah. of genres, when we were talking about yeah. this shit... Um, you guys are heavily influenced by the blues and rock and all the interviews you've done and kind of the amalgamation of all the music that you guys like. Where do you guys see yourselves going in terms of music like right now the first four songs came out and they're, they're epic I love the way they sound they're very rock and roll with tinges of blues but like where do you guys see yourself kind of going with the next wave that people haven't heard yet and then the final record who's <laughs> going insane probably <laughs> I don't know what do you think I'm going insane no I, I don't know maybe I am Ties gonna go insane. Uh, what's the musical direction? You yeah, think? Like, I'm curious. Um, I don't know if I ever thought about it if in you, like terms of that. Very good I, I think what it makes me think of is that over the years we've kind of gotten more into songwriting, and yeah. although yeah. our songs, you know, aren't like singer-songwriter type songs, when we first started, everything was like wide open, and I think there's a really uh, like interesting, cool aspect to music like that. That's just real wide open mm-hmm. and like super improvisational bass, which there still is a good bit of improvisation in, in what we do. It used to be a lot more, and it was it used to be a quartet, so um, it was a lot less dependent upon other people to be on the same page and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a direction we've taken and kind of like uh, more melodies and melodic ideas and things like that and uh, songwriting, it, just in general, yeah, just okay. evolving towards that. So a lot more songs and arrangements and stuff like that. Do you, I know you guys are both? I would, from my perspective, I would say you guys are the leaders of the group merchants in, in the sense of the live show. So you guys, without both, like, without question, right? You guys, both, yeah. <laughs> no, so like, I'm kidding. Yeah. Okay, John, John, Evan, and Peter, if you're listening to this, in the sense of like, cues we love, and things, we love, we love everybody equally. Who's in charge of the live show, like in terms of cues and things like that, and in, in terms of the, the direction, the, of like the jamming, and we just let the spirit guide us. Okay. And by spirit, I mean Luke. So no one. <laughs> yeah, I think when sections are changing or there's you know calls to soloists or things like that, I usually handle that. Okay. And kind of just have assumed that role and 
tie. It's, it's cool because it's like, um, you know, I mean, it's football season. I don't know how many football fans are listening, but we got All one in here because Mark's a Steelers yeah. fan. One and, th- one and three, baby. Big win last yeah, night. Right. Hey, I'm going to be at the Ravens game next weekend. Yeah? Actually, yeah. Luke, if you want to go to the bathroom at this part or like... <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. Sports. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> sorry. But, um, you know, it's kind of like like on the live shows, um, on the live shows at least, it's like Luke is kind of like the quarterback in terms of like call, like he's, you know, kind of like puts together most of the set list. Like, and we'll always like collab on everything, which is, the, you know, what I've always loved from the jump about this band is it's always been like, it's never been like a... John and Paul situation or anything like that because I I always try my hardest you know we always try our hardest to make sure it's not that way and we're always like you know taking the lead on like uh, you know the booking decisions or anything like that but when it comes to like creative stuff or even like a decision that we make we'll always present it be like hey this is what we're thinking but like is everybody on board and if not like what are your thoughts and like let's go from there Um, especially like creatively too like somebody will come in like Luke or I will come in with like a song, but then we'll also be, you know, but then we'll just play it, and then John Evan will be like, oh, what if we did this, mm-hmm. you know, what if we did this here? John Evan is the the unsung hero of some of the, some of the, like, arrangement and stuff we do. He always comes up with, like, like, he won't, he'll be like, yeah, cool, and he'll, like, learn the tune, and then he won't say much for the, like, we'll be like, and then he'll have one, like, brilliant nugget, and then it'll change the whole game up, and it'll be, like, the hippest shit that we <laughs> put in the tune. Same with Peter. But in terms of, like, the live stuff, it's fun for me as the like frontman and the and the only vocalist, you know, for like Luke to kind of like take that role of like, um, you know, calling the tunes and like you know calling the arrangement, you know. So it's kind of like he's kind of like concocting everything, and then I my job is to like, you know, divulge that to everybody. You know what I mean? Because it's like he like uh like I said like I'm like there's no, I'm like I'm the only vocalist and like frontman. But he's like, you know, kind of churning the wheels of like what we are, you know, what your ears are hearing. So I always feel like <clears throat> a lot of my job is to like take that and like, you know, present it to like what's happening. Or I could be a thousand percent <clears throat> wrong. I don't know. But it's fun either way. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think uh, speaking of that point, it was interesting playing this summer. It's the first time we played with keyboard players. Yeah. And- we played with a horn player last year, uh, Dylan Hennerschitz, mm-hmm. which was great. Uh, we yeah. didn't do a whole ton of like horn section stuff, but he was with us the whole time and was like a great addition. So we were a quintet for the, like the past two years for a while, yeah. Right. But then this summer, when we met you guys, we were a quintet. I mm-hmm. think we had the trumpet. Yeah. And at the time when we met, I remember uh, you also had Mike Rilly and um, Nils. Who's that? Nils. I don't. I think that's his name. Probably you knew yeah. no better than I would. Yeah, we've been. Oh, ex- you're talk- when we did the when we did the Steel City gig with you guys. I think that's what you're talking about. I think so. At that gig, we just had Dylan and Mike. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been experimenting with horns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this summer was the first time we used keyboards. And it's just, like now there's how many people is that? Seven or eight? Seven. Seven. With two horns, yeah. Yeah. And it was a lot of like trial and error, and got to get everyone on the same page, and that was new territory for me and the whole band but then to kind of like have that many people up there and like all this shit going mm-hmm. on and then it's like oh shit I still gotta play guitar and like all this <laughs> stuff oh, yeah, and everyone's singing that and I'm not saying like I'm the one like worrying but it was interesting kind of having that new frame of mind and it kind of frees you to do some things but then closes other doors too but I think that in your initial question about direction 
that larger sound, I think, is definitely, unfortunately, <laughs> something we're going for. I love it, man. And uh, I was going to make one more comment about that. Oh, yeah. So we played this summer, like, gigs here and there, some with horns, some with just Mark, or some with other keyboard players and stuff. And the Music Fest gigs were great because I feel like it was towards the end of the summer and it came at a time where we kind of experimented with all this stuff and kind of, mm-hmm. as much as we could, had it together and then had these two shows, these great opportunities to play yeah, they were on awesome. really cool stages. And I, I felt really good about it. And it was mm-hmm. cool just to be like, all right, well, we did. We at least got one. <laughs> we got one show. Yeah, like, everything you know, was kind of building up to that. Those shows. Yeah, and we didn't even year. really plan it like that. It just kind of happened, and it was really cool. And you know, Mark has been an awesome yeah. addition to have him, and it can't just came to a culmination at the end of the summer. I don't know if you feel the same way. <laughs> and Mark goes, <laughs> "Fuck you guys." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, he was like, "I had a horrible time," but it was, it was, it was all right. Yeah, they were cool, <laughs> yeah. cool shows to have, and thankful to have the opportunity to do it and all that stuff. So yeah, it was very cool because. Um, like I can remember, like two or three years ago, when it was just like the quintet or maybe even the quartet, and we were like, you know, I can remember saying like, oh yeah, like, you know, in an ideal where like the dream would be to have like keys and horns and like do all this shit, and like at the time you think like, ah, like if only we could be able to do that, and then now we're like doing it, so it's mm-hmm. like, that's a good like, you know, confidence builder to think okay, like every you know everything we've wanted to do to this point we've like you know checked off our list so you know playing on the levitt stage you know included so you know it's just a, you know really good incentive to kind of you know kind of keep uh keep pushing but yeah those shows were fun man but i remember I mean, I, it's the same like with luke said it's a lot going on like i'm ever like after we did the shows like all my friends and family were like oh my god what was like was it so much fun up there like on that stage and i was like no it was terrifying <laughs> because it's like you weren't terrified uh not terrifying <laughs> but it's like you know there was like a 1500 people there that night for the preview night outside and it's like we uh never really done like a show like that before like luke said with like keys and two horns it usually had just been like we did one uh, like earlier in uh, in the summer, mm-hmm. um, but we'd never done a all show with the seven pieces and that long of a set. Like we did a ninety minute set, you know what I mean, which is a long set uh, unless you're like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> but yeah, we're like three hours. Is yeah, like yeah, I could yeah. maybe do that. <laughs> but uh, you know, so it's a lot. So it's like you have this big, you know, and it's you know one of the bigger stages we've played on. So you're still kind of like getting used to like using that space and stuff like that, you know. And so it's like, it's a big stage, and you got seven pieces up there, and you got to have this, you know, you have the set planned out, you got to remember all these moves people are making, and like, what's going on next, and like, these arrangements and shit, and then you also got all these people outside that are into it, and you got to like, remember, like, um, or at least I have to remember, you know, as the front man to like, engage with them and stuff like that, so it's, you know, that aspect of it is like, you know, it's like, oh shit, this is a lot, you know, this is kind of like, pretty heavy, but then... You know, when you watch, like, when we go back and we listen back to it, or, like, we watch the videos, and you see, like, everybody's vibe, and, and like, you know, we had a great time, you know. It's cool. Are you pretty uh, cognizant to um, singing different sections of the audience as a, as a front man? Because I know as comedians... Did you say seeing or singing? Singing, sorry. I, I slur. But, like, you have a giant audience. I know comedians talk about it a lot. They like to know if there's a balcony. They, like, talk to the balcony or talk oh, yeah. to, like, you know, uh-huh. the whole... I do. Room. I do like when there's a balcony because you can always do, you can always do like cheap like if you like how's everybody in the balcony? Oh yeah, you do the little balcony. Call out. Balcony people love that shit. <laughs> but uh, 
But that's why they're in the I'm building. making a shirt. That's our first dude. Check this out. Sure, be <laughs> back back people, people love that shit. shit. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, TM. TM. No. <laughs> I'll tell you the. I'll tell you part one of of our, what is that thing from the office where it's like I have a three part plan, and he's like I'll tell you I'll tell you phase one of part oh, yeah. two or whatever it is. I know. Shouts out to any of the office fans out there. Mm-hmm. Luke but, probably has that memorized. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude, we, yeah, we said the other night. I said one. I said one the other night, and uh, he was like, "Dog, your references are too subtle. Like no one gets that." <laughs> and he was like, "He was like, I got it." And I was like, "That's all that matters." But uh, no, I know what you're talking about. I heard. Um, I was watching an interview with John Mayer one time, and he was saying he'll always like, he'll always kind of pick like one person out in the audience to like kind of like use as like a focal point of like okay this is where like because you don't want to have your eyes closed the whole time no. you know what i mean so he's like this is where my eyes you know will go i'll kind of like so so i'll either do that or i'll just like this is a teaching trick since i'm a teacher by day uh is i'll kind of you know you'll look at like it's like i'm looking at you right now like talking to you but i'm really looking at like over i'm looking over your head like at the lamp mm-hmm. but my face and my eyes are like kind of on you so it's like a trick to like look at them but like not look at them so glad I don't have to think about this <laughs> but I'm, I never really like th- you know <laughs> I, so never, I never really like think of it Sounds you know, it's not like that's I don't think of that for like the whole show I'll, I'll try to be cognizant of like okay are my eye like do I have my eyes closed like the whole time mm-hmm. you know because that's not cool but it, but to your question of like singing to different sections um <clears throat> You know, I like when I sing the song. I like taking that approach, but when I'm like uh, engaging, um, I kind of like take that approach. And it's, you know, the more we play on like bigger stages, the more that's something you kind of got to learn. Because mm-hmm. like you can't treat a stage like Levitt or uh, you know the Mock Chunk Opera House or something like that like you would the Fun House. You know what I mean? Because like the Fun House and like the places we started playing when we were in Kutztown, everybody's right in your face Mm -hmm. which I love because then it's like so much easier to have a connection but when you get to like the bigger stuff that's almost the opposite like everybody's 50 feet back and like they're removed and you got this whole room to play to but you still have to you still have to have the same energy and approach as you would to a room like the fun house you know what I mean and uh, you know and another like I saw like Bruce Dickinson give an interview one time and he was saying like don't ever do anything small He's like, even if you're in Matt, you know, the O2 arena, like mm-hmm. you should be performing to the guy up in the bleachers because right. he paid money to see you, just like the people in the front row. So he's like, every, he's like, no small, like nothing small. Everything's big, grand gestures, and like, man, so that's why I'm always like, my sometimes uh, uh, people who remain nameless tell me I have T-Rex arms or like. <laughs> the, one, the one like they'll be like why are you oh, they'll like they'll watch they'll watch Instagram they'll be like why are you swimming because I'm like doing like stuff with my arms and you know but number one you know this is the way the music moves you but number two it's also because it's like an engagement thing it's like if you're you know engaged and up there happen and then that, that shit is is contagious. By the way, do you do get? Are you uh, going to do some gifts of yourself of your dance moves? You <laughs> should do that. There's probably some out. there. You should make already. a pack of like your own like Thai gifts <laughs> and just <laughs> put them out. Them. Yeah, and trademark them. Put them up on uh, Facebook or whatever, and see if you can get some use out of those. Yeah, the swimmer and uh, what's another good one? I, I mean, 
I'm sure the stage dive. If you keep coming, you'll see a couple of <laughs> the failed stage dive. <laughs> um, it happens. That was not. That was not cool. That's okay. There was a night where my throne like fell through the stage, and then the next song, it like. How do I describe this? The pole <clears throat> in the drum throne didn't hold, so I went like shoot. Yeah. And I was like playing like this with my hands like like an eight like awesome really high. It was terrible. It was awful. That's awesome. Yeah, things happen. But it's what it is. That was the long winded answer to your question. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. The um it's hard for me as a drummer to be engaged like that just because I'm sitting and Mark is sitting doing organized stuff. Do, you do a good job though, man. I'll because, tell you what. You know, because you're MCing from behind the drum and I started on drums so my band in high school I used to sing and play drums and mm-hmm. we didn't have a front man yeah so you do you do a good job well Mark and I share those duties it's um yeah. it's like whenever the official stuff needs to be said Mark does it and <laughs> whenever nice. the stupid nice. shit needs you. to be we're, said we're hand bone relay thank nice you. Thank and you. That, yeah, but then and then you do the end of the end of the night banter. It's like you can buy our stuff here, 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 and then throughout the night I say all the stupid jargon. Right. Then you go, huh? Oh, they're playing again. Doesn't matter. Rob gives yeah. a speech about Zeus, Zeus's lightning bolt. Or you whatever. loved it. That's the that's the shit that's hip though, man. Like I hate like I'm always like the one thing I probably did like all the other shit I was just saying is like kind of tips and tricks, but it's stuff that's you know kind of become second nature now. So I don't th- kind of like actively think about it as much. You know, but the one thing I do always act, think about actively usually is like, okay, is there dead air happening right now? Mm-hmm. And like, how can I fill that dead air? Because that's the one thing that drives me insane is dead air. Now, sometimes that like the setting can change that a little bit. Like if it's a like an uh, I was about to say arena show. Like we've played arenas before. <laughs> <laughs> what are you booking in the fall? Yeah. <laughs> Please but tell it, me. You know, if it's like a theater. Or like a performance-based show where like everybody's there to see you. Mm-hmm. Then it's a little bit different. You can kind of like take your time. You don't have to like engage as much because everybody's already it's like it's like you already got them there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they've paid a ticket to see you play. So you can kind of like do a little bit more of your own thing. But I think something like a great skill that you know to be learned from like all the the club gigs we've played at this point is like at those kind of gigs. When you have people sitting at the bar like that are dancing and like want to still be up there, but you don't want them to leave and stuff, it's just like filling that dead air. But you also don't want to fill it in a way that's like cheesy or like comes across as like you know you're just so it's always like here's where we're gonna be next or like are you having a good time and shit you know it's always interesting. Sometimes sometimes that's hard. Like sometimes that's when I'm like oh I'm working right now. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But uh, the return on the investment. It's usually much greater. Well, yeah, you have to kind of juggle a bunch of duties as a, as a we'll call it a front man. You have to be interactive with the crowd at all times. You got to be singing at all times, pretty much talking at all times, unless there's like an, an arrangement or a solo that's happening. You're making me sound so, way too important. Well, <laughs> do you like it though? Piece of me likes it. I see you getting at your penis. Um, so anyway, uh, but really, it's it's it is a, a very 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 important part of the job, like you say, and you got to kind of make it seem sincere. And not over the top where it's like cheesy, like you've said. Mm-hmm. Speaking of over the top and the cheesy, are there any like you guys said you're a club band as like you've done a lot of club shows in the yeah. sense of you know playing in front of people coming up a lot of it. Yeah, are there any in terms of covers? Do you guys kind of lean towards classics or with like you know the, the kind of the pop stuff that's coming out and kind of put your own spin on it, or is it kind of a mix now? 
I'm just curious. Like, cause, like, there's lots of people like Scary Pockets taking old songs and doing new versions, and there's mm-hmm. also like people taking new songs and doing whole new arrangements. Mm-hmm. Are you guys kind of going in that direction with like newer songs, or are you, you doing? I think more depends classes? what the gig is. Like, right. <clears throat> a lot of the club gigs, like, I think the tunes that work the best are. I mean, we obviously like all the stuff, most of the stuff that we play. <laughs> but no, we, we, we like it all, but you know what I mean. Sometimes yeah. it works. Uh, go to youtube.com slash do check this out music podcast to see that epic Luke eye roll. Um, go ahead and please. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Yes, I There's do. Some, some things wear thin on you. But I think a lot of the material we'll choose is songs that we love and then also that are good vehicles to play in a setting like that where it's not super regimented that it has to, it has to go this way or it has to go this way because of... Like something starts happening this way in that environment, in my experience, it's been advantageous to kind of be able to take it that way mm-hmm. rather than be stuck to like a particular arrangement or something like that. But if you're playing like a show or a larger show where it's you're not as dependent or reliant upon you know the status of the bridal party that just walked in <laughs> or whatever, then you. you it, like the role is reversed, then you kind of like right. You, you know cater, what I'm saying? You cater like, to the the. Uh, whatever the stage at hand we'll yeah you create you create the show and the entire experience which i think you can do in the converse example but it is different where when you are owning the stage it's a concert you can have more specific arrangements and things like that oh absolutely yeah. that's yeah. not really why i'm asking it. it's more of like in your giant bag of repertoire that you you guys have are you guys uh, leaning towards one way or the other, or is it just kind of you have a batch of songs, you just keep putting stuff in? You're asking, like, do we pick old stuff or new stuff? Kind of, yeah. Kind of both. I mean, we, you know, draw heavily from, like, 60s and 70s stuff, and yeah, a lot right. of blue stuff, and so a lot of R&B like... and funk stuff, and a lot of uh, things of that nature. But there's also a lot of current bands that we love, like the Wood Brothers, and we've kind of been mm-hmm. digging into that well a little bit. So yeah. in terms of, like, real poppy stuff, though, and That's in, I was gonna in say. that kind of arena, I haven't explored that too too much. Yeah, but. we're not okay. like, you know, we're not sitting at like, you know, we're not sitting with like the top forty list. I mean, like, what can we well, not, cover yeah. from here? Yeah, but you know, I that I also don't want that to sound like, um, you know, jaded or anything like that. Because I, you know, but the other, I think like Luke was saying too, like, you know, we also kind of draw from our our influences and our shared interests. So we're always like. And we'll text each other like we should do, you know, we should do this tune or like check out like check out this Almond Brothers tune or check out this like Steve Miller tune. But then I might hear like a Scary Pockets thing, like you said, and maybe like, oh, what if we tried this like to arrange like this mm-hmm. tune or or, uh, or whatever it is. But um, yeah, and the the fun thing, the cool thing is now, um, you know, we have you know that this new record is out. We have you know a pretty deep well of originals to to pull from too so like luke said it kind of depends on the gig like if it's a gig where you got a bachelorette party or some shit and they they want to you know be dancing we have tunes for that and if is there like, a story here with this bachelorette <laughs> thing you guys keep we had one come in at the fun house one oh day. yeah <laughs> and uh but they were into it but um you know so if it's, so there's gigs where they want that then we have those tunes and if it's you know the concert setting we have like our original stuff and then it's like if it's kind of like in between uh, then we can kind of like we can kind of like draw from both and the other cool thing is too now that we've been doing stuff with like the keys and the horns that kind of opens up more doors into like the 
kind of tunes like we can pick cover wise you know that we know mm-hmm. like if we have mark on a gig like or another keyboard player like we're, we'll have keys and horns like oh maybe we can we can arrange this tune that we normally wouldn't have thought to do before now since mm-hmm. we've had this like kind of new, now you have this, like, new arrangement you have this new group of people i kind of like it yeah it's uh, cool man you're also playing with john bickle as well right yeah, yeah he played a gig with us last weekend <clears throat> to go well yeah it was great oh, it was yeah, actually at steel stacks where the music fest thing is held they have a where they have like a weekly series here in the summer mm-hmm. yeah so it was a nine to eleven hit or nine is it that outdoor like that. spot mm-hmm. uh, yeah right, right next the, to the arquest mm-hmm. on a td bank stage mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it's called yeah, I've played there a few times after uh, like a main act gets off, and then you. Yeah, have, that's is that the, what it was? Yeah, that's that's usually game. what we do, but this time there wasn't a main act on Levitt, so we had the we had eight to eleven. That's so cool. We, so we had like the almost the whole night, which was it was cool. It was daunting at first because we'd never done it like that. We'd always done it with like a band on Levitt, and then us. There's always a crowd coming through, right? So we after the show we didn't have that. So like when we got there to set up, it was like a ghost town, but thankfully we got a pretty good pretty good crowd there. That's uh, cool. Which is fun and cool, and it's another good confidence builder because you're like, okay, well, like most of these people are probably here to see us since there was nobody here when we got here, and it was also, yeah, right. And it was also a fun experiment to like have a, a set that long and kind of like experiment with different ways to fill the time. Like we did some acoustic stuff, which we don't normally do, and kind of did some tunes with John that mm. you know we don't we don't we don't normally do. Did you do the acoustic extreme set, like the more than words type style stuff? You just sit on like two, two stools in the front and do that. But we did play uh, like a year or two ago. We played at Godfrey Daniels in Bethlehem. Yeah, the legendary Godfrey Daniels. Um, And we did have because it's like a very intimate venue. It's literally like from me to you right now. It's like Mm -hmm. the stage to the audience, and uh, so it's like, okay, go. Like Mm -hmm. we're watching. Uh, which is which is daunting, but it was that we did do like a sit down. Like I played acoustic, and like Luke played you know his rig, and John Evan played electric, and you know, we had Anthony at the time, and he played kind of like a lighter, a stripped down kit, and uh, it was a, definitely a different vibe. But we were like, oh, this is actually cool. Yeah, so that was definitely only, go both ways. That was only one of those we've ever done. Are you looking to do more of the stripped down stuff, or if it, if the uh, event requires it, I guess. I'm not really. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a cool and a different kind of expression, but I don't think it's necessarily the direction we're like pursuing. Yeah. No. Okay. We never like look for those, but if so, that because that was the situation here. Like if somebody would hit us up and they're like, "Hey, here's the the opportunity. Do you guys want to do this?" Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's again, it always it depends on the gig and depends on the room, and and uh, that's definitely not our our forte, especially mm-hmm. now wanting to showcase these new tunes that involve the keys and the horns, but. Those are always fun to do when they arise, few and far between. Speaking of keys and horns, are you guys planning? I know you guys were a quartet, and then you were a quintet for the past two years, and now you're a quartet again with new members. Are you planning on adding people to like the list of the band, or have it be more freelance in the sense of the horn players and the keys players, whoever's available? Um, I always like the idea of building rapport with people and kind of like getting comfortable in the way you play and picking the right. Uh, guys you want in that environment but I think like the core of the band is a quartet and then depending on the gig and uh, other factors you know we'll be able to add different pieces as we can right. but you know I think you, like if everything was our way and it would be keys and two horns like if we could as like permanent as members. like permanent members yeah, yeah like if we were the, touring the world yeah. that's what I would want to bring, but you have to play this gig and this gig, and we would just go under in like a month if we 
if we did that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if we like try to sustain that like right now. But if like somebody would hit us up and be like, "Hey, we have a six week run and we want to bring you guys along," then it would be like, "We want to find this guy's gonna play keys and these are mm-hmm. gonna be our horn for players. that run." Right. Like that's gonna be the band. But like Luke said, like that's not sustainable right now so we but it's on it's the idea in the yeah future. definitely if so that's why right it. now we're keeping it as the quartet it's like like the groove merchants is like the quartet but then you know as the gig requires or or necessitates we can bring in this person to play keys and this person to play horn but those people that we bring in are all people that we have played with and know and like luke said have a rapport with so that we know like we we don't have to have a lot of rehearsals. Like here's here's the tunes. We know that the vibe will be there, mm-hmm. and we can just kind of like jump right in. Versus like having a new guy or like a you know mercenary guy every time. Yeah, and then that makes your job way harder, Luke. You have to keep queuing for everything. Yeah. You're, you can you you are no longer having fun on that gig. You <laughs> no, are. I'm always having fun, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Actually, we, it, go yeah, ahead. No, after you, please. I was gonna say, it, speaking of that, um, I just forget a uh, Mike Talento. Can't, yeah. Anyway, he plays sax with us now, and he's been like a great addition mm-hmm. in uh, in that regard. Where mm-hmm. he he wrote a bunch of charts and is very good at commanding that, and yeah. it's very clear. And he's someone that we play with a good amount this summer, so it's wrote good to get the ball. All the all the horn parts for the new all the horn parts for, on the new album, with the exception of maybe one or two songs, right? Are all Mike. Well, that's really cool. So if you guys do bring other horns on, he he handles that. Like in terms of like. The yeah. Parts and stuff. yeah. So if oh, we yeah. want, like, if we want, if we're, if we know that like, we want horns on this gig, like, right, we we have to have Mike, yeah, because he has the charts and he kind of leads that section. And then we have like trumpet players that we, you know, work with, and like we'll ask, like, can this guy do it? Okay, can this guy do it? You know, do you still play with Dylan as much? We do not. No. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. We'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I get that, and it must be difficult. I know we have um, like a rotating guitar situation, so I mm-hmm. can understand with us as one person. But for you guys, if you do the full band thing, it's three people that are constantly rotating. If they aren't like permanent members, that's got to be difficult, especially if you, you guys trying to grow in the next year. Yeah, I'm sure. Speaking of which, are you guys planning on touring? Is that a thing? <laughs> Is that happening? Yeah, we're actually getting ready to do uh, Antarctica real soon. Hey, they got music. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> somewhere. I mean, yeah, that's all. That's always, uh, you know, I hate to use the phrase the dream, but you know, to be able to like wake up and know like, oh, all I have to do today is play music, mm-hmm. is you know, pretty awesome. But not just play music like in my bedroom, like in front of people who are paying for me to play mm-hmm. this music, is always cool. So that's something we've talked about. Like we were fortunate enough. Uh, last fall to go down to Nashville like I mentioned before our friends that we met through the Blues Brews and Barbecue Festival in Allentown shouts out to the Downtown Allentown Association uh, <laughs> that we met through playing that festival on the same bill uh, Johnny Hayes and Love Seats they're from Nashville and so they brought us down there last fall and we did like two nights in Nashville which was awesome great experience uh, and then we were able to bring them up and do a night at the Fun House during Music Fest this year that went great and so that was kind of our first like kind of like foot in the in the pool of like you know the road life meaning like running a van and like having the gear and like being being on the road which you guys do all the time right you guys would crush it though you guys would crush it though because you got a good mix of originals and and yeah so we love to do it so we're always planning kind of like okay you know how much money do we want to save and like where do we want to go so that's probably the goal 
I think that's probably like the biggest goal for like the coming year by like next spring having like a run ready to go somewhere whether it's up north or like out west or you know wherever it is but right but this is like a plan for like maybe next year yeah try to pull it off what do you think summer 2020 probably it's spring summer 2020 yeah yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. You should definitely hit Virginia and all those other joints that we played. Yeah, Just go right yeah. down the East Coast. It's fine. Hell yeah. Um, but no, I love it. When does a Wave 2 drop, actually, I meant to ask? That's dropping on uh, All Hallows' Eve this year. Oh, is it really? Halloween, yeah. We're going to be at the Great Room with your boy, MB, over there. That's right. Yeah. So we're going to have a bunch of fun. We're playing with the Funky T. And, uh, yeah, they're buddies of ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Good people. So, uh, and there's a bunch of other good bands on the bill. I know Kevin, um, Kevin McCall from uh, Andorra. He's putting like a Rocky Horror show thing together. <laughs> so he's gonna do that. That'll so, be fun. Yeah. So that's gonna drop all digital, like just online, right? On Halloween, and then uh, the full record is probably gonna come out sometime in December. So before the end of the year. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really. So excited. we'll have four. We'll have four more brand new tracks on Wave Two, mm-hmm. and then. The full record will come out in December with Waves 1 and 2 and 3 other brand new tracks. Alright, this next part of the podcast is called Whip It Out. Your cell phones, that is. You're going to whip out your cell phone and please... Pull up uh, Spotify or Apple Music, and Come we're, li- we're going to look, look at the last five things that you guys have been listening to. I know there's a ton of new Ch- Tedeschi Trucks tracks that are out that Luke's probably going to mention. I know Luke's got some Beaver on there, too. Beaver's, right? Yeah, Luke's got the... Uh, Be- a Beaver. Beaver. Beebs. Yo, Beaver. <laughs> Listen. Well, good for him, then. Say what you Luke's want. Pornhub open. Say what you want about his antics, but my dude can write a melody. You did? Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> I wasn't sure which dude we were speaking nah, of at this point. His dude. That's your dude. Sorry. Sorry. Not your sure dude. His dude. He's not my dude. But All right. Yeah. What are the last five things, Ty, okay. that you've listened to? Let's see. Well, how do I, how do you how do I know what the last five things are? Should be like a recently played. Yeah. It should be a recently right? played part of your. Uh, well, I, does your self count? Oh, is it like, <laughs> is it like this up here? Which is recently you yeah, yeah. to the groomer all like this, day? This is, this is just if you, if you can remember what you were listening to. This is like albums, not specific give it, songs. No, give us, give us albums and artists. Uh, all right, let's see here. Because uh, people want to know what we're listening to, so they have like, oh shit, what the hell is that? And they'll go look it up. It. Yeah. Um, I have my daily mix. <laughs> of course. But uh, let's see. I have Soul Live on here. Uh, Which record? Live at the Brooklyn Bowl. Of course. So that's a good one. Um, what year did that come out? Does anybody know? I'll check this shit out right now. 2011. Okay. Um, I have... Uh, Luke didn't need Spotify for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening to it the other day. I have the Marcus King Band uh, discography playlist. Nice. Uh, I do like his new record a He's lot. cool, yeah. His new record, I really like... Um, like that song, How Long, is really good from his new record. And if you go on that same playlist, it's called the Marcus, Bang, the Marcus King Band Complete on Spotify. And you go all the way down to the last song. It's a live cut of a medley where he does uh, Sherry Berry, Sliced Milk, 25 or 6 to 4, I'll Stay, and then Gloomy Sunday. That's cool. wow. He does 25 or 6 to 4, like instrumental. He plays the vocal part like on guitar. Oh, because it's all like the same tune. Yeah, it's cool. 
Um, Mashup. So, so we say five. So that's one, two. Uh, I got the Almond Brothers Best Of playlist on here. Nice. Yeah. You know. Anything there. particular you were checking yeah. out or just diving uh, back into? We were a talking favorites. about. We were talking about messing around with uh, Black Hearted Woman, like mm-hmm. maybe adding that as a cover. So I was listening to that and. Um, Oh, yeah, just the, the huge. Uh, so let's see. That's one, two, three. Uh, I got the dynamic duo, Jimmy and Wes. Jimmy Smith, Wes Montgomery. Hell yeah, Sam dude. On here. Yeah, you know, yeah, eating the hot dogs on the cover. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> speaking of the organ, I also have uh, the album Goodfellas by Joey DeFrancesco. Cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I love that one. The, um, was that four, five? I think that was four or five. Give me one more. Uh, let's see. Uh, You're scrolling kind of fast over there. Are you skipping some? <laughs> well, because some was like, like I had my uh, NFL podcast in there as well, uh, <laughs> so I skipped. I skipped that. That's for Mark. Yes. Um, and then I got Jimmy Smith again, and then uh, <clears throat> I have the uh, 40th anniversary of Exodus on here. Oh, cool! By Bob Marley. Doesn't have like 10 unreleased tracks or something yeah, like that. A bunch. Uh, so I was digging on that. And another thing cool, I love Spotify, man. Another thing that's cool that I found the other day is they just put out these uh, playlists, uh, the ones called On Repeat. Uh, so it's like all the songs that you've been like listening to a lot lately, but they like put it all together in one playlist. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to that a bunch like a, a week or two ago. So that was cool. There's a lot of stuff on there from The Dip, which would be my, if I was to give one recommendation to our listeners, to anyone they don't know about i would say check out the dip they're from seattle uh great horn band three horns um real like retro like 60s soul uh kind of like stacks record stuff that's awesome so super cool and alan stone has a new single out as well i'm a very 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 big alan stone yeah fan. check that out what's yeah. it called again uh sunny days yeah i'll check it's it out on the way home it's good yeah. over me oh dude nice so, so good luke what do you got give me your last five uh, the Groove Merchants, The Groove Merchants, the first two. <laughs> you listened to your own music? I was checking music? something out. Sure he was. Uh, Blind Willie Johnson, he's a great Delta guy, slide player. <laughs> I was checking something out. <laughs> well, I was not listening to the players. Sure. I can't stand... Li- well, no, you no, know what? Like I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the same way. There's no way in hell I would put it on. I'm the same way, but my girlfriend has it on her phone because she's supportive. Um... But every now and then, uh, she's not going to listen to this. I don't know why I'm saying that. Mm. <laughs> but every now and then, we'll she's be... also a feminist, right? <laughs> also a feminist. But every now and then, we'll be uh, driving. Like, she'll have her, like, she'll just put her, like, phone on shuffle, like, on the Bluetooth. And, like, uh, one of the... Tra- she doesn't have our new record on there, so she's not that supportive. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> Get your shit together. She has our... Uh, she has our our record take it on her phone mm-hmm. and so every now and then we'll be driving and like a song or ours will come up and i'll be like this is weird please change this <laughs> but it's fun because i haven't heard those those tracks in a while do you find that too where like people will be like surprised that you don't like have your own stuff i feel am i is it just us or do you guys have this the same feeling where it's like you like they're surprised like oh why don't you listen to your it's because like you've heard it so many times like in the production process where you're like, I don't, I just want to be removed from this now. Yeah, Rob doesn't listen to anything we've recorded ever. I can't. Ever. You've never heard, you've never listened to one. Track. No, I've, I listened through it once. No, I listened through it all the way. Oh, shut up. I, I make it to the end. <laughs> I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like when you're getting mixes and stuff like that. I'm talking about like when it's done and you have the CD in your hand. Oh no, like I it's don't. on your, it's on Spotify. No, 
No, no, not I, even like I, one, I, not even because like we have to play through. we have to play these tunes so often. I, I, I hear you. I'm just at, yeah. Sorry. See, I, I I do actually for for a couple reasons. When 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 we're when I'm writing a new tune or when I'm trying to figure out like write a set list, mm-hmm. I'll I'll listen to our our albums and be like. Oh, this chicken and biscuits yeah. can go into this song. That's cool. Oh yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like I'll That's do that. Cool. So I, I listen to it probably like I don't know once every couple of months. I'll throw on mm-hmm. yeah, our and I think that like. But you're I, not like if you were at a pool party or something. I'm not like, like, hey, you gotta yeah. listen to Shake this, Relay. Check check this out this new jam. Yeah. John, John Gilbride did, did yeah. that to me when he worked at the bar I worked at, and he Maybe would just he would put he would put on his own. He would put on. Well, that wasn't his choice. His, his girlfriend put it on a playlist. He didn't know how to get it off. But then he all. <laughs> we were also on there, and we would yeah. come on in the middle of when I was working. I was uh, like, fucking yeah. At the wooden, there's a place uh, we play at in Bethlehem that we love called the Wooden Match. Yeah. But a lot of the bartenders will like put their phones on or like put it on, and they'll uh they'll, like they'll put like hold your hand on and stuff like yeah. when we're setting up to play there that night, and I'm like take this off. They're, 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 but no, I know yeah. I know what you mean though, and I think that like the the figuring out like what tune goes into which, I think that's a little bit more pertinent for you guys because it's all instrumental, right? So that's like key. You know, we're we're always trying to do that more and more, but um. I definitely know. I definitely. Uh, I definitely know what you mean. I was. I saw the other day. I was watching an interview where Jack White was saying he has an FM transmitter in his studio, so he'll go out to his car with a walkie-talkie, and they'll transmit the playback over the like to a, like an open frequency, and then they'll mix. Like that's how they mix. So they'll mix in real time. So he'll be listening. In a car, in his car, over the radio with a walkie-talkie, and then he'll talk back to the in the to the booth and be like, "Turn the bass, so turn the bass up," or like, "Yeah," because he was like, important. "Yeah," because their point That's was because it was he was talking about the new Rock on Tours album, which is also really good. That's another one mm. uh, that I'm listening to, but because um, they were saying like. That's the way most people are going to consume this music is on their phone or in their car. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know. So it was like, we'll mix it like in real because some people like have the finished mix, like they'll have the master and they'll listen in their car to like hear the. But he's like, we like go afterwards. One, he's like, we go one step further where we actually mix it in real time over like the radio, essentially, to kind of get that vibe. Really? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it definitely takes out the middle part of the process. You're re- literally mm-hmm. mixing it in the car. Well, you don't have to leave to go somewhere. That's what he was saying. It. He was like, you're taking out the the middleman. But yeah, I always used to like when I would see. Move like interviews with like actors, and they'd be like, "Oh, I don't watch like any of the films I'm in." Mm-hmm. I'd be like, "That's how could you do that?" And now I'm like, "Oh, I get it a little bit." Mm-hmm. And that's I think a different level because you're like actually seeing yourself. Like, do well, it. okay, like, but it's not like I just ban it all. Like, <laughs> it, like no, 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 if, no, I know you mean. no. I mean, like one day, um, in fact, we have to play a song of ours off of our last record, <laughs> and this not, is Friday. Yeah, Friday we're playing a, a wedding and somebody requested a song that was off of the Free Hugs record and I had to go back and listen to it and mm. like reamalgamate myself. Played it in two like years. That song. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I had a little bit of PTSD. Um, but yeah. we, li- we just the A section. We had to learn it real quick. And I, I and okay, look, maybe like once every once in a blue moon. I don't know time wise, but like you know, you don't you don't yeah, listen back to yourself for listen, fun. There's different ways of listening. They're all like Apple right. for like you listen to it. Yeah, to for achieve sure. it, but You're not but, like just in the background like. No, Hey man, I sound really good. Yeah, but when yeah. but see when I listen to myself, shit, I know yeah. for me I get so critical. Even and I know it's done. That's the thing is it's done. There's nothing I can do. So there's nothing I can fix yeah. for that record. It's good to go back and be like, I didn't play that right. Let me go make sure it's net fine now. Okay, yeah. but there's that's nothing cool. you can do to fix it, and that's yeah. that's from my perspective. I'm like, go ahead. It's like I, it, you're already on it. It's done. 
Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're going back to fix something or you want to see where it kind of changed or morphed into your live show, that's the kind of the yeah, only reason yeah, I would go listen back. To that point, I think it's interesting to go back and uh, have your like new perspective because time is going by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you listen to how you used to play or how w- yeah. at that time w- what you thought was doing was like right. what you thought you were doing was the right thing. And it's interesting to see how your perspective has changed. And sometimes yeah. I've gone back. Like, I listened to her first record. I was just going to say that, yeah. And it's pretty loose, and I, I don't, like... <laughs> this is yeah. the one before Take It, that's yeah, online. Yeah, so not on... It's on our band camp. Yeah, I'm proud of it. But it's not on Spotify. I, I think it, it it was a good stamp on what we were doing at that time. I'll just leave it there. Okay. But it was, I, I, am, <laughs> like, I am proud of it. He but said earlier, like... There's a lot to the record. In the beginning, it was very is, open, and it was like, that is that record. It's like, you know, we just... But there's also something innocent and like, like exactly it's rocked yeah. out, and it's like it's kind of yeah. chaotic, and I'm like, that's kind of cool. Like you couldn't, I don't know if I because it's also like that. that's it's also like that's where we were at that time. Like I had a friend, a good friend of mine, listened to Wave One, and he was like, this is the he was like he was like every song, he's like every every song has something to say on this record. He's like, like more so than they ever have on like anything you've done to this point. Like this is de- this is definitely, I think Luke would agree. This is definitely the most like songwriting centric record we've done. Meaning like we came to rehearse and we were like, I have like here's the t- like Luke brought a tune or I brought a tune. We were like, here's the tune, and it's also the fastest we've ever put a record together from like writing the tunes to like recording it and like putting it out. Oh, yeah. Which we all, part of that is we kind of wanted to do because we like kind of like wanted to have that test to like push ourselves of like you know getting this out because the the first two records it was like you know we took a year or two to like write the tunes and play them out live a bunch of times and then we went and recorded them whereas with this record we had some tunes that we had written and like had been playing but then we had other tunes where we wrote and then like we recorded them very shortly after, which we were saying is like, sometimes it's cool because it's like a stamp right there. And now, you know, you have that to listen to. And now you're playing that tune out live more and more. You can kind of like get it, you know, get it under your, under your skin. But you know, it's also because I think we're all older now, you know, as like songwriters, um, you know, le- you know, specifically with me, like, cause I'm the only lyricist, um, you know, like you're older, you've gone through more shit. So you have like, you know, more, stuff to stay or you have you can say it more precisely or concisely or like you know more to the point Mm -hmm. um so you know that's where it is now and so that's what necessitated what this record is um but that doesn't take away from like our our very first record because that's where we were at that time and what we had to say was like you know i'm gonna sing some shit but then we can play you know because that's what we were doing at the time and it was cool because you know that was that was that stamp that moment in time, which is cool. No, I love that. And Jackson Brown said the same sort of the same thing, which is like the record is like a like a recording, a record of that time, of, of mm-hmm. how old you were, what was happening in your life, yeah, yeah. and everything else. And yeah, you're going to grow and you're going to look back at, at that you know picture of what mm-hmm. was happening in your life or how you were playing, and this and that. I was at the show last night, actually, at Milk Boy. My, my roommate's band was playing. Mm-hmm. And the guy who headlined it was talking about how he... Someone requested a song that he wrote, like, 15 years ago. This was the, uh, Derek Webb was his name. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know him. He's like a... Uh, I, I didn't know him either. He was really good, though. Acoustic. Yeah. Singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. 
and he was talking about how he had written that song like 15 years ago and now how he feels like he's covering a tune because he feels a little bit well so far removed from Mm -hmm. a lot of the uh, things like he was saying at that time yeah even like the songwriting and like choices of I guess chords and like Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff but he like as to what we're saying he's kind of like I still respect it and stand by it because it it was just a part yeah me and like came through and got to me where I am so it's like an important piece of it but it, it interesting that perspective change that he was commenting on like the same right. thing. Right. Yeah. I feel like a lot of older artists think that way too like you know you think about some of the older bands they don't come out with records because they feel like that they're they're becoming a cover of what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like I was saying, Billy Joel hasn't yeah, come out yeah. with a record in God knows how long. Yeah, over ten. I think years. the other part of it too is they also don't need to like he's already billy joel you know what i mean right so it's like you'd be you'd be you definitely want to hear new music because you're like i want to hear you know, at least you know as a i think mu- as a musician do. yeah that's what i was gonna say i don't think as a musician does. as a musician you're like i want to hear what you have to say now or where you're yeah. what you what you have musically now but the majority of the public doesn't. They want to hear fucking Piano Man. Right. You know think, I mean? Oh, can sorry. I say fuck on here? Sorry. Yeah, you're fine. I think okay. that's where the artistry lies. I mean, I love seeing guys' stamps on how they progress or where things go. And sometimes I like their older stuff more or their newer stuff. But I think as an artist, you kind of just got to keep moving. And if you have mm-hmm. kind of inspiration and these like ideas, like get them out, put a stamp, and then just go on. Yeah. Right. Keep moving and then not just like always keep moving. Well, I think a perfect example is... The show we played at Steel Sacks a couple weeks ago, I was mentioning it was like a longer set and we kind of did some acoustic stuff. Uh, and one of the tunes we played was a tune from that very first record you were mentioning. Uh, that was a tune I wrote when we were still in college in 2000. So I wrote this tune in 2012 or 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like six years ago, like six, seven years ago, um, about the girl I was dating at the time who I'm no longer with. So it's almost, you know, to Luke's point of like, it's almost like you feel like you're covering a song when you wrote it. It's like, I can see what you're saying because that's the other interesting thing too about like going back and like listening or playing to old tunes is like, you know, how has that, like, if I play this tune now, you know, it means something different now than it does when I wrote it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I'm saying, you know, I'm saying the same words, but I'm not saying the same exact thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's in like different I'm context. Say, like, and like I'm saying, like I'm saying these words, and I still, I still mean all these words. Or I wouldn't have wrote them, or I wouldn't be playing it if I didn't mm-hmm. still mean them. You know what I mean? But I just mean them either in a different way, or about a different thing, or with a different, you know, perspective. So it's like, personally, like with that song, like the song is called "Princess Please," and you know, I wrote it about the girl I was dating at the time. Then, um, you know, a specific to stuff that was happening then, you know, and oh, you know, and kind of played it at that time is like, here's a love song I wrote for you and play, but, and then... Played to her? Or <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes. But, <laughs> oh, God. But... No, it's a good song. I seriously like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do, do, I, I do. do, I do. No, it's good. It did. It turned out well. But it's like, that's, you know, how you view it then. And so you play it now, and it's like, she is like not... In my life anymore, and she like, let her know that we played it. So I'm not. I mean, if you're listening, <laughs> have which at is it. The last person that would be listening, <laughs> but uh, she's actually getting married soon. Congratulations. Um, but uh, if 
<laughs> you, you know, it's like some good insights. There so was you, there was a lot there. So you know, it's like you're not like so when you sing it and play it now, it's like you're not saying those things about her, like to her, like you know, maybe it's about you know the person you're with now, or if it's not specifically to that, it's about the feeling of like the people you're around, or like it's kind of like you change, like you have those words and you you mean those things. Um, but you change kind of like the vibe. And if there's specific if there's specific things to like that person or to that moment in time in the song, then I think that's the aspect of like, you know, it's almost treating it like a cover. Like I treating it like I'm kind of like paying homage to or like putting a stamp on this moment of my life that made me, you know, into the person I am now, both as a person and like musically. And so musically now <clears throat> I play this song to kind of like, you know, remember that versus like when i wrote it and played it then it was like to say a specific thing yeah. just like all these songs on the on the record now like in another five years like you know they're not gonna you know they might not mean the same thing but that doesn't mean they're not going to be as impactful it's just a different way no absolutely i think it's also uh like a great thing about art that you sing these words and it's a song and it was a sincere sentiment the time that you wrote it or you write any song yeah, like for sure. that song or a piece of art or painting or whatever mm-hmm. but the people I mean you're singing to people in the audience <laughs> the audience members are the ones that react to it yeah. so like whatever their individual reaction to it is still just as pertinent now as it was then like they don't have to like the specifics about mm-hmm. when it was in your life I don't think yeah. are relevant to how impactful it can be that's another point so. too like I was just watching um, Stephen Colbert had Paul McCartney on and he was asking him, like, um, you know, like, how do you feel when you hear somebody tell you, like, um, you know, hey, I was, like, depressed and, like, thinking, <clears throat> like, thinking about harming myself. And then I heard Let It Be or, like, something like that. And you saved my life or anything like that. You know, he was like that. He was like, you know, he's because like, I know that song doesn't mean that to you. But it means that to like so many other people. And he was like, How do you feel knowing that you've created these songs and this art that like means so much to so many different people? And uh, he was I forget what he said exactly, but he was kinda like the same thing. He was like, It's very he's like, it's very humbling and it's like very, you know, awesome to know that like this song I created to just like that's what he said he was like you know a, a song you write at the time to just make money you know he's like because you got to pay the bills and like the album the mm-hmm. record is due and you got to like make the deadlines so, so you're just writing these songs uh, primarily to do that now have sometimes saved people's lives he's like it's so crazy but it's so awesome but he's also Paul McCartney Dude, <laughs> he if is you Paul really, McCartney <laughs> if you really like, like if you really think about we don't have this is going to you can stop me now because this is a whole another episode. But I just want to point out, and then we'll get back to Luke's songs. But <laughs> when you, I didn't forget. But when you really think about like the magnitude, you know, and like the longevity of the songs that like those two guys wrote, like especially as musicians too, it bo- like it boggles your mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like you know, and such a short. Like I got into an argument with somebody the other day because. Garth Brooks just became the biggest selling artist of all time in the US. He passed the Beatles or Elvis or something mm-hmm. like that. And he's he passed that's what that's what he passed Elvis as number 1 <clears throat> in the US and now he's number 2 all time second to the Beatles. And somebody was like, 
oh man, like how, you know, like, um, that's crazy. Like, um, and he did that and like the Beatles, like, but kind of like being a pro Garth Brooks about it. And I love Garth, you know, not really. I don't know. I could tell you one song, <laughs> but he's cool. <laughs> he's definitely earned it is what I'm saying. But when you think about it, you know, Garth's been around since what? 92 or 91, whatever's Mark. I'm not sure. Fact check that for me. <laughs> ah! But you know, so he's been around for like 30 plus years, right? Making music that continuous time. The Beatles were together for 10 years and wrote, and like they wrote a lot of songs in 10 years, but then... 1990, bro. That's when he started? Yeah. yeah. So his almost, first record came so out So it's been 29 years. Yeah. So almost 30 years, right? Creating music that whole time versus the Beatles, a lot of songs, but just 10 years. And like once, like in 1980, they, or 79, whatever it was, like they stopped and they didn't write another song. So it's like you only have, you know, a 10-year catalog versus a 30-year catalog. And that 10-year catalog is still number one in the world all time. You know what I mean? So it's like the point is like they're, they're even though, you know, he's number two, it's like he's had 20 more years to write music and he still is not catching them because the music they wrote in the, those 10 years was so impactful mm-hmm. that it is like... Yeah, it's pretty meaningful. Too. Am I too far out there now? No, I think you're, no, I think you're right. I think. Well, hold on. So, what was the the thing? Was it uh, records sold? Was was that what He's, it was? Yeah, the highest the highest selling artist, the highest selling artist of all time, either band or solo, in the U.S. is now Garth Brooks over well, over Elvis. The highest selling artist all time worldwide. Is still the Beatles, Beatles, but now right. Garth Brooks is number two. Right, but I just want to know if it was record sales or what was the number yeah. that we were talking about. So he, okay. he sold 148 million domestic units, which is a, uh, beat Elvis, mm-hmm. and is second only to the Beatles in total albums so- sales overall. World, yeah, well, overall, how many world, Beatles do you have? meaning world, worldwide. 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 How, how, yeah, how many do the Beatles have? have? Uh, 170 another, million. 170 million. That's yeah. 30 million? What did you say? About. So he had a f- 148 million. Well, so, so, so 22 sorry. mil. Hang on. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. So, so 148 versus 170. 22 so. million dollars still behind, and he's, he had what is it, you say 20 plus years on the right. Beatles? Yeah, right. Yeah, that does say something. 20, 22 million more records. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's which a is lot like of which is like the lifetime career of some artists. That's the other thing that's crazy too. It's like the lifetime career of some artists. You know what's really funny about Garth Brooks? Is that. I think he's one of the few artists that hasn't joined the, the streaming services, so I'm wondering if that helps at all. Like people have to oh, buy wow. the record, they can't stream yeah, it online. Yeah, the Beatles weren't around during that era. True, that's the Very other true. Point. Yeah, yeah. That's only and they have and they weren't on Spotify until recently either. Right. Because like Michael Jackson had the rights and like all that yeah. shit and too. And then but as, if you look at if you look at bands and not solo artists, it's the Beatles and then it's Led Zeppelin. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't argue with that. But back to Luke's picks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had, all right, so we had Blind Willie so, Johnson. So let's, yeah, we got Blind Willie Johnson. We'll skip the uh, the Groove Merchants for now. <laughs> but uh, you don't have to skip it on October 31st when the Throne Wave 2 comes out. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Plug Be yourself, there. please. <laughs> Spotify, Apple Music. This is live record that Book of White and Skip James did in 1968. Yeah, when I saw Robert, when I saw Robert Plant, uh, he covered a Book of White too. I really wish to. Ah, uh, I forget. But I, I know that, like, he was, like, he was, like, made a whole speech before about, like, 
Delta Blues and like blah blah blah. And how he stole from them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different. That's a different episode. He did, they are pretty egregious though. Yeah. But it was cool. But he was like, so and so, like, lead belly. And, like, everybody cheered. And then he was like, Book of White. And I was the only one in my section that was like, yeah. Because, like, nobody else knew who he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be the King's cousin. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know who Book of White is, so I'm going to have to look at that when I get home. What else you got? Then I got Skip James. I was kind of bouncing around today because I was looking for uh, Blind Willie Johnson, and I wanted something kind of in that In that like, vein? Vibe. Yeah. Uh Ray Charles Live, 1974. Let's you know, go. Yeah. Where, where is that? I forget where that is. 1974? Yeah, it's that famous live record where he does uh, that's not John the one, that's, not, that's not the one in Madrid. Like, no, Madrid, no. Is it? But it's, it's amazing. Dude, Ray is, Ray is the man. He does like... Why is that the record. famous live record? Uh, I don't know if it's famous, famous. We had talked about it. Oh, okay. Like, before. It's famous. famous. We're famous big, you guys. Too we're much. big. We're <laughs> big. We're big Ray Charles. But well, Mark's got it. Uh, I thought I did. That he lied. I don't. Sorry. Come on, Mark. He's on Spotify. It's one of the only live records he has on there. Nineteen seventy-four. It's great. He does like drown in my own tears. Oh, that's cool. You're the BPM Meister. So I don't know what it is, but it's super slow. I'll it's check like, it out. <laughs> so BPM Meister. Meister. <laughs> Can I get a shirt? <laughs> but it's just like he would play this shit like unbelievably slow, and the band was probably like holding on for dear Dude, life. Dude, the time with like like. It's so insane. I wish you hadn't called me that because now I'm thinking of stupid T-shirts. BPM Meister on the back. It says, he rushes. Don't ask. No. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? You have a keen ear for what BPM. I was trying to think what BPM it was. But I oh, I have no think. idea. Do you know the famous Ray Charles Russian story? No. Rushing, like, I know going mean. fast. Not, yeah. like, from that continent. <laughs> but uh, country continent, I don't know. Uh but no, he was on the Tonight Show, the Johnny Carson Tonight Show, and so Ed Shaughnessy was the drummer, right? And uh, he was Ed Shaughnessy was notorious for rushing the beat, and Ray was playing like George on my mind or some shit. And so this is like on air, like over, like like on TV, and he's like playing the song because he was he was Ray was sitting in with Doc Severinsen's orchestra, mm-hmm. and so Ed was the drummer, and they're playing this tune. And he's like singing, and then he just stops, and he's like, "You're rushing it, Ed." And then like kept playing, and then so a couple bars, and he was like, "You're still rushing it, Ed." Like yelling at, oh Ed, wow, yelling at Ed Shaughnessy on national television. He <laughs> like, you know, you're fucking rushing it, motherfucker. On television, he's he's got balls. He was a bad motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, back to Luke's okay. list. Blind Willie Johnson. Me one, give me one more. Give me one more. Charles. You would like Bonnie Raitt? All right. Her uh, record. You know I, I love Bonnie Raitt. The that's what that she's pretty young looking on the cover, right? Yeah, she's, 1971. That's when she. This is before she hooked up with all the blues guys. She was doing all the singer songwriter stuff. Phenomenal. It's still like pretty heavy blues stuff. Or there's at least a couple tunes that are pretty straight up. But maybe I'm thinking of the wrong record. But there's definitely a definitely a change in in, in pace for her where she's like strictly acoustic. And then she, mm-hmm. I forget uh, was it Sunhouse? No, who did she hook up with and learn how to play slide and stuff from? Yeah, no she's idea. a badass slide player. Too. I can't remember. Yeah, um, she's great. This record is like walking blues and all that stuff, but right. it's pretty singer songwriter. Already. I wish I wish I could have had time to go see her. Uh, she was just in town at the uh, the oh, man. man. Was yeah. it with her and James Taylor? No, it was um, it was a stacked bill. It was uh, Chris Jacobs from the Bridge was uh, playing yes. the bill, and yeah. um, no. and uh, it was uh, Bonnie Raitt, Government Mule, Allison Krauss. Wow, and Willie Nelson. It's a Willie Nelson's Outlaw uh, Music Festival oh, or the okay, touring yeah. thing, yeah. and Willie Nelson and his family band were playing it. 
Do you like? Do you, do you have you listened to Lucas Nelson at all? Lucas Nelson and uh, what's the Promise of the Real? Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, he rips, dude. Yeah, he's that new record's really great. And do you guys uh, remember the Blockley? Do you guys ever go to the Blockley? I wasn't around. The Blockley, the no. block, yeah, it was so, on Thirty Eighth and Chestnut. Yeah, it was a venue that closed in Philly. I saw no. Lucas Nelson there like years ago, and it was like just a power trio. Like they were jamming. He mm-hmm. was like hammering. he way he rips, dude. <laughs> it was dude. He was killing. It was. One of the best shows yeah. I've ever seen. He has a very, yeah. I like his, uh, he has a very unique guitar tone, too. He yeah. has that, like, in your face, like, it almost, it sounds like a telly tone, but he doesn't play a telly. He plays, like, some kind of Gibson mutt that he, like, has custom spec, but it, like, it rips. Yeah, That's really cool. cool. I have to check that out. Mark, was it, like, Cream-esque power trio stuff? Or? It was, like, it was kind of, like, country, look, well, it wasn't, like, what he's <clears> doing <throat> now. It wasn't, like, kind of, like, country rock-ish. It was more, like... It was very. It was very. Kind of, it was kind of JD Simo ish. Oh really? It shit! Was very, it was like, very. Yeah, they got weird, dude. They got fucking weird. Hell yeah! And dude, it, there was like, dude, it was just like a sea of like twenty something hot chicks like, all <laughs> in the front row. And dude, he was eating it up. And he like they did like a twenty. Dude, there's hot jam, chicks at his shows now. If you watch like YouTube videos, oh yeah, he, I'm, I'm sure. He's a looking guy. He loved it. Well, yeah, he's like having this. Um, this. I'm not relapse. That's not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> but like, res- yeah, resurgence of his career, uh, and he's really blowing his, up. His music is more mature now. Yeah. Like back mm-hmm. then when I saw him, his music was very, yeah, very simple and very, very like, immature is the wrong word, but it was very like just just blues bass and just like one and two chord jams and just like fucking right. The, the it was more rocked out. It was like more raw. rocked out. The band yeah, was very raw. The band was playing off of each other. It was awesome. That's hip. Really cool. Yeah. As a matter of fact, one of the tunes on Wave One, uh, Midnight Mountain Queen. When I wrote that, I was listening to his song "Find Yourself" a lot. That's a good one. So it's kind of like took that same. I took that same vibe and approach. So go check it out, Wave One on Spotify. You know, Wave Two coming out October thirty first. This is the uh, final part of the podcast where we talk. We have a uh, lightning round, so to speak. So we're gonna start with Luke since we started with Ty. You ready, man? We've sure. done this once before with Luke, because Luke also <laughs> tours with Hambone when he's around. Um, here we go. First show you ever saw? Uh, Macy Gray and Santana. Oh, all right. All right. Who was the... Uh, how old were you first saw your dad play drums? Uh, I don't... I mean, it's <laughs> in, in a venue. He blacked, he blacked that. He, <laughs> he like blacked that out. First time he's I kind of went that. out. Yeah, and saw your dad uh, yeah, play. Maybe, Seven, eight. For those who don't know, Luke's uh, father is a great uh, drummer and percussionist and recording engineer. And producer, Go, yeah. And producer. Yeah, he produced uh, your guys' record, right? Everything. Or everything. And their last record as well. Uh, let me see here. I have most of these memorized. Some of the times they just slip out of the old noggin. Um, don't worry, we'll cut this air. Uh, <laughs> having a moment. <laughs> last show you saw that you yeah, weren't last a part show, of? Yeah, last show you saw that you weren't a part of. Last night, forget the guy, uh, Derek Webb, and then the band that opened was Mother Moses. Have That's you heard of them? yeah, yeah, yeah. They were great. Isn't who's, that whose band was that? Isn't that um, so Luke? You said you're, oh, Luke Harcel played guitar with them. He's oh, nice, great electric player. He plays in a band with called Dweller. What up, Luke? Like his project. And that's your roommate's band, right? Dweller. Dweller yeah, but he yeah. played with Mother Moses. Oh, but they opened up. That's really and, cool. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was really good. It's nice to like. I helped him carry stuff up the back because <laughs> he knew the way. Oh, yeah. must, <laughs> no, must, he'd been must there be too, nice. But I was just like, I'm kind of glad I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm just hanging uh, out. What's your favorite song to play right now? To play? Yeah. 
Um, nothing's really coming to mind. Actually, I play. Uh, no, not one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Say one of ours. <laughs> the Muse by the Wood Brothers. I played Ooh, that a lot. Ooh, dude. Like I I'm learning that one, too. Nice. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah acoustic. It's, it's fun. Uh, least favorite song to play? Well, I play that song alone. Does that count? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, I don't know. Least favorite song to play? Nothing comes to mind. I, there's no songs that come up, and I'm like, oh, fuck this. You don't have like, a wagon wheel of sorts? No, because we don't like we don't keep those in the like. I know we don't keep those in the set list. Sometimes we play. Um, what's the George Lopez theme song called? Oh, Lowrider. Lowrider. <laughs> yeah, and we, I kind of I kind of like what we do with it, but sometimes I do feel like kind of cornball playing. <laughs> but it's, quick, it's still cool. Quick funny story I still though. It like was like we were had, I forget who we had on the gig. We had like a sax player or maybe like a fill-in uh, bass player or drummer. I think it was we had a fill-in drummer on the gig. And uh, this was in between drummers, but like before we hired Peter, when we were like trying out new guys, and we were at a club gig and we played Low Rider, <laughs> and uh, Luke like always forgets the name, and uh, we were like, all right, we're gonna play Low Rider, and he like couldn't think of the name, and he was like, he turned to the drummer, he was like, uh, did you ever see the George Lopez show? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, and he's like, all right, that's what we're playing. You ever see the George yeah. Lopez? That's a hip. That's a hip tune, but sometimes it can get. Just hoping. Is that still on the air? No. Oh jeez. I used to like that show a lot. Yeah. Okay, Luke. Who's your favorite band or artist right now? Mm, the Wood Brothers come to mind, but there's like a million others. All right. And who, what's your favorite album that you listen to right now? Um, I've been really into Hi Ho. It's a Blake Mills record. Blake mm-hmm. Mills is a guitar player. He. Uh, Phenomenal, phenomenal guitar player, great lyricist, and just... You've told me and Mark about him before, for sure. Yeah, he's Did he do something a, with Wolfpack? Yeah, he's on... What's that tune? Rango? Mm-hmm. Or what, yeah, he he's plays... On, oh, Rango yeah. 2 or whatever? I heard that. They, they, yeah, they yeah he plays Slide on it. I remember I first heard that song, and I looked him... Because I love Slide playing, and I looked him up, and it was great, like some YouTube video or whatever, but like I didn't really catch the bug, and I don't know how I got back into him. Uh, he produced like some John Legend records. He produced Sound of Color, the Alabama Shakes record. No way. He did a lot of other stuff. Plays on like Kid Rock tunes and stuff. But he, <laughs> his his original stuff is freaking phenomenal. That's like, awesome. Yeah. So, so I really like him. Hi Ho is the record. I'll check it out. Yeah. All right, Ty, you're up. Ugh. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> First show you ever saw. The earliest one that comes to mind is probably Chicago at Music Fest. Really? Yeah. Because Talk about full circle. <laughs> I know, I know, right? At the old Music Fest main stage where, where it was like down by the uh down by the river. But uh, uh, Chris Farley. I remember because he there was like gnats and stuff cuz Music Fest is always in the dead of August mm-hmm. and he was literally spitting gnats out of his mouth like as he was singing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. What's that's, the first that's the earliest one I can remember. What's the first instrument you played? Uh, I started on drums. Uh, well, my I have four sisters, and we always joke because my dad's a guitar player. So we we always joke about our first and last guitar lesson. <laughs> but, <laughs> so I started on guitar when I was like young, and then um, uh, and then like moved to drums, and then I like picked up the guitar later on when I got a little older. That same guitar get passed down from kid to kid. Be like, I can't do it. You do no, it. No, I can't actually, do it. You do it. My dad actually used to work at like a guitar manufacturing like mm-hmm. plant, and so he actually made like. 
a miniature strat, but it's like a straight up strat, like pickups. <laughs> oh, and that's cool. Wiring, yeah. So you could plug it in and play it right now, but it's like this big. And he made it, so he made it when I was like a baby. And so now my uh, my nephew had it for a minute, and now my dad has it back. But. Cool. What's your favorite song to play live? Uh, um, we do when we do one way out by the Allman Brothers. That gets pretty rocking. So that's a good one. Um, we've also been playing Franklin's Tower. We played. We jammed mm-hmm. on it with you guys. Right. Um, that's been going over. That's been going over, going over well. That's just a fun one because like people get into it, and when, you know you have somebody you have somebody singing backup. Um, and when I do like when I do like solo or like duo acoustic stuff. Um, I've been playing. I've been working on Mystery Train a lot lately. The old Elvis tune. Mm-hmm. That's fun. It's deceivingly tough though. It's it's uh like. A hard, easy tune to play, because it's that old, like echoey Scotty Moore shit, and mm-hmm. you hear it and you think it's the like normal riff, but he like cuts it in half, and then he like hangs on the four longer, so it, like it can trip you up. But that's why it's so hip. I'll check that out. Yeah. What's your least favorite song to play? Um, The one, honestly, when I'm thinking about it just now, the first one that really popped in was I'm Yours by Jason Mraz. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Because that came out when I was in high school. And, and uh, everybody played it. And if you were a guy that played guitar during the time that song came out, then you didn't not get asked to play that song. <laughs> you did not. So get it was asked. like, everybody is like, play I'm yours. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, it's a cool tune, but yeah, that's the one that, that's one that uh, comes to mind. But everything we play, I pretty much hate. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I love it or we wouldn't no, play it. I know. It's awesome. Favorite artist right now? Um, the Dip is a big one. Mm. That band I was mentioning from Seattle. Um, Alan Stone is always up there. I've been I've been on him since like day one, and um, Nathaniel Rayliff and the Night Sweats are uh, that's a great band. Yeah, they're killing. I just saw Robert Plant with them, which probably answers your next question. But they just played with Robert Plant at the Man Center, and uh, they put on a great show. He's he's you know this might be controversial, but for my money, in terms of like contemporary dudes out right now, I think he is the strongest like performer or has the best like show that's out right now. And that was the last live show that you saw you went a part of? Yeah. Robert Nathaniel Rayliff and the Night Sweats and Robert Plant and the Sensational Space Shifters at the man. Amazing show. Very surreal to see Robert Plant. Having been a Led Zeppelin fan since I was like ten. I bet it was and, sold out. Oh yeah. Insane. And it was like, you know, just like watching him sing I was like, oh I'm actually like seeing him sing these songs. Mm-hmm. It was like, and even though they're all like done in different arrangements now because it's a different band, mm-hmm. it's still like insane. And let me tell you what, man, he still got it. Really? Oh, dude, insane. Like, it's not like the real high, high shit. He kind of changes that stuff up. But in terms of like the power, like that shit's still there. And dude, it was funny. Like, he came out and it was no big, like, epic entrance. It was just like, it was dark. And then they brought the lights down and he hit with um, what is and what should never be. Mm hmm. Uh, and like literally like two he like two like bars in he like flipped a mic stand up and was like singing like 
And I was like, two bars in, he's already cooler than any show I've ever played. <laughs> it's just like, but he's because he's Robert Plant. Like, he's done it for the last 50 years. Right. That's you know the way I mean? Prince was for me, man. Like, the first, first couple songs he just owned the audience it was over where'd you see him so at the izod center oh yeah before he died about Where's two that? years before he died it's up in like north jersey and then we're talking, about, we're talking like the afro era no, no 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 he had like this normal like like slicked hair and all that mm-hmm. anyway last question was your favorite album right now my favorite album right now i mean we brought up the, the wood brothers so live at the barn mm-hmm. is a really good one yeah. um i'm trying to think what else um the Rock on Tours new album, uh, help us, help me, stra- help us, help us, stranger, help me, stranger, um, is really good, and um, I should think what else I've been listening to. They just put out a new, like a remastered um, Almond Brothers John mm. of like the Fillmore concerts. I think it's I think it's called like the the nineteen seventy one Fillmore concerts or whatever. It's like kind of all they took like all the shows and like remastered it. Kind of put them together, so there's like some deep cuts uh, on there. So uh, that's awesome. So that's really cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. All right, tell the people where you, they can find you online. You can go to GrooveMerchantsMusic.com. You can go to at the Groove Merchants Band on Instagram. You can go to at Groove Merchants on Twitter, and you can find us uh, on Spotify, uh, Groove Merchants. You can find us on Apple Music, Groove Merchants. You can find us uh, on Bands in Town. Uh, search Groove Merchants, and uh, we have Wave Two of our new album, The Throne, dropping on October thirty first. Uh, all online, so Spotify, Apple Music, all those fun spots. We're going to be playing at the Grape Room uh, in Philly with our boy Mark Brown on the keys. We'll have physical. Co- mm. Hello. We will have phys- physical copies of Wave One up for grabs, and Wave Two will be coming out online that day. And uh, the rest of the album will be coming out in December. And um, I'm trying to think of any other cool stuff we're doing. We're going to be down in uh, Delaware uh, with Cadillac Riot, a really good Delaware, Delaware band, friends of ours. Uh, that's coming up in November. Um, and all our dates and stuff you can find on GrooveMerchantsMusic.com. Cool, guys. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Thank you for having us. For giving us the opportunity. Yeah, no problem, man. Fun times. All right. To you guys, lovely audience, me and Mark said, peace. Thank you so much for listening to Dude, Check This Out. Once again, if you want to learn more about Hambone Relay, please go to our website, hambonerelay.com, or go to iTunes to check out our records, or Spotify, which is where these playlists will be located for these episodes. And don't listen to the haters, man. There's plenty of good music out there. You just have to keep looking. See y'all later.